your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready. For your positive imprint. Hello, everybody. This is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint. I am so glad to be here. This is International Podcast Week, and I am doing this. My listeners, that's you. You've asked me to do an episode about myself. Well, I am going to do it, and thank you so much for the questions. But I am doing this with somebody that I am so excited to have here on the show. Ryan. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Oh, it's so good to see you face to face across from me. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> I feel like there's like a black hole's going to open or something here next to us because <laughs> of sort of our our strange backstory as to why you're podcasting and and all this. Why you're here. And why I'm here and why I'm helping you with this. So, well, it's such a fun story. You and I met, oh my god, it's already been. It's going 2 to be years two ago. Years. Yeah, yeah, 2 years ago. And so my listeners kind of know a little bit of background because I brought it up before where this, I know, solicitor, but I won't use that word. You already did. You just you. used it. <laughs> so Ryan was hanging around the neighborhood and he was coming to the doors, letting us know that he was moving into the neighborhood with his business, which I think is really, really an awesome way to go and let people know and that you're a cool guy. You are a cool guy. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So he came and, and we kind of got started on listening to each other's stories. And then he just said, oh my gosh, you should be in podcasting. You have a great voice. You have great stories. So Ryan, thank you. Yeah. And here <laughs> we're actually going to get the chance to hear some of your story today. You know, you just said, you know what? I, I, I was encouraging you because you have great stories. And you were telling me stories on your on your doorstep. And you started a podcast and you started to help people share their stories and their positive imprint. And I love that. And now you have this opportunity on National Podcast Week to share your positive imprint with everyone. I think everybody wants to know, why did you start this whole thing? And, it, and does that correspond with a larger why about your purpose in the world? That's such a good question, and it's a deep question, because things kind of rolled kind of in a different way for me when I met you. So when we met, and you mentioned the podcast, we had talked about different topics, and totally different topics, if you remember. And then I took the information, I went to my parents, my husband, we talked about it, we were, it was just, my dad was so supportive, my mom, my husband, my family, everybody, you were supportive. And then my dad, just days later after we were talking about doing the podcast and coming up with different topics, he passed away suddenly at Mike's in my house. It was Christmas dinner. And that changed everything. Every topic you and I talked about that day changed. And I thought about life in such a different way way because my dad and my mom raised us they raised us that we volunteer anywhere we go and I thought you know dad is such a positive imprint of who I am mm -hmm. and he always brought out the best in everybody around hearing people's stories has always been important and it's not just their story it's that's what makes the world go round you and and what you present in this world is what makes part of what my how my world goes around because mm -hmm. we are friends, but we're also business partners. And this is a, a long answer, but I was grieving for so many months. And I love to dance, and I had Chris Knowles music on. And I was doing a tribute to my dad for his birthday in May of 2018. And I hadn't started the podcast I, I hadn't done anything with it. And I was doing this tribute in April and Chris Knowles' music just blew me away. I mean, I've listened to Chris Knowles' music, of course, for years, but it just, this is a dance I'm doing for my dad with this great music. I need to do this. I need to get this podcast going and what am I going to do with it? And that is how it kind of transpired was going from the topics you and I had talked about to this whole life experience mm -hmm. of losing my dad. So it really sounds like there was um, a very specific way 
that you had to come a come a, to this to this realization that this was what what you had to do. I mean, if you had made a quick decision in the um, I guess it was October 2017 that I had met you and you said, "Yeah, I'm going to start a podcast." It would be a whole lot different podcast than what you ended up starting because you started after your father passed and after you had a moment yes. to grieve and and really think about these things. So, you know, there was some it seems like some divine intervention as to why oh, absolutely you know why how you ended up in this particular place so i know you're doing this pretty much full time at this point right you do some other things as well but um it it, it takes a while for a podcaster to ever make a living podcasting there's a lot of value that we as podcasters have to put out into the world before the world provides that value back to us so is one of those it's one of those things where it's not necessarily because you're getting paid like you're full like you're full time right right and it, it's so important and of course this is this is me talking to your listeners right now if you love what what Catherine does i'm sure she would love to be paid like it was full time right but <laughs> that's not why she's doing it no you know and no. i know Catherine's family i know i know that um that that she has a love for this this podcast, and that the value return to her will come eventually. But um, are you are are you doing are you working in thinking about this podcast on the daily? Or oh, absolutely! Oh my gosh! One of the things that I absolutely love is meeting the people. You strike up a conversation, and you just find how exciting and wonderful these positive imprints are all over the world. Mm-hmm. I want the listeners to know is these people that I feature on the show are here for you. They're here to inspire. So what do you consider a positive imprint to be? What is your definition of, of, of a positive imprint? I, I mean, I think I get it. I think it's kind of self-explanatory, but I'm, I'm interested in, you know, in knowing what you, what your thoughts are. Cause it's, it's probably, you can interpret that. Anybody can interpret absolutely. that their own way. Yeah. When there's a connection with somebody, I think that, that allows me to really reflect and to be inspired by the person. What makes a positive imprint is definitely somebody who is futuristic thinking. They're thinking about how they're going to help people today, tomorrow, and the future. And that is really where it's at, is the future. It's so not about They're leaving the world today. better than they found it. Absolutely. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be better when they found it when they're gone mm-hmm. and be a legacy. It's... Everything we do, everything we say is going to leave some sort of imprint in this world. And that can be negative mm-hmm. and it can also be positive. And so I look for that future thinking and how people are, are sharing that inspiration. Mm-hmm. And they're consciously making the choice to do that. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. They, and, and oftentimes, so when I ask people, because my mission, my goal, one of my goals is to help people find their positive imprint by listening to these people who are inspiring them. And my tagline is, what's your PI? Mm-hmm. Which is, what's your positive imprint? And it's it's a hard question sure. to answer because when I ask people, they will say, oftentimes, I don't have one. Well, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to come up with an answer, I think, because people really have to dive deep as to know why they were brought here. right. Yeah, I think that's that's it's so funny because I recently, just to kind of tail off of what you just said, I, I recently thought about well, what's my what's my positive imprint? My wife and I were driving in the car and we were asking each other, oh cool, you know, what, what's basically what's your purpose? Right, right. What? Why were you put here? Right, and and then I was thinking about well, okay, I'm starting this new podcast, so what am I? What am? Who are the people that I want to interview? And I and I figured it was people that know why they were put on this earth. And so that's a really hard, I mean, that's a really hard question to answer unless you've spent a lot of time um, failing and getting up and failing and getting up and you spend a lot of time in silence, you know, listening to yourself and and that kind of thing. So going back to when you asked me about the podcast, Mm -hmm. my mother and my dad used to, well, they still do. They always ask us very deep questions growing up. Hmm. Like and what? Like what? Name a question. I want you to think about the consequences 
And then I want you to think about ways in which you're going to change, but it needs to be not your physical, you know, I'm going to stop hitting my brother, ways that we're going to change inside. And that was always hard for us to do because you're looking at a very abstract way of looking at things. Other things that mom would say or dad would be like when we were, when I was teaching, mom would say, what values are you going to bring into the classroom besides math, science, and reading? Hmm. And then dad was very philosophical. And so we would look at the constellations and dad would just make comments such as, how will you guide yourself using the constellations or using north, south, east, and west as a way to guide you through life? That was a very difficult question. The way dad used to teach was you start with the north, you choose a path, and north, south, east, and west, they're all going to be different. And so he would teach me stories using the constellations. It was very abstract and deep thinking. It was philosophical. And I loved sharing those times with my dad. When I was younger, mom was just very straightforward. Dad was very philosophical. Mom was blunt. But she was also, Catherine, you just need to do it this way and be done with it. And dad was more, okay, I need to teach you how to. So mom was giving you a fish and dad was teaching you how to fish. Oh, oh, Ryan, I love that. Yes. Okay. That's exactly right. I mean, right, because parents, parents, it seems like, want to give their children the answer because they have the life experience to say, Catherine, this is the best way to do it, right? AKA mom giving you the fish. Well, because she loves you and she wants you to be successful, right? And right, dad is taking the uh, the Montessori approach, you know, or whatever, and helping you discover <laughs> or whatever. And that's how I learned best. Yeah, yeah. So dad used a compass, north, south, east, and west, to help teach me. North was where you're going to start. You're going to start with what issue you have, what problem do you have? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to start walking north, not literally, but you're going to guide yourself. And then as your path turns, you're going to have to turn east at some point because that's where the sun rises. And when the sun rises, you need to have an answer as to how you're going to go about this. Because if you don't have an answer by the time the sun rises, then you're going to be lost for another day. And Mm. so I would have this walk in philosophical land with dad and the the rising sun and then suddenly you're you're faced with going south and south you are you're doing what you need to get done it's great and life is good you're on this wonderful journey and then suddenly you're hit with oh my gosh the sun's gonna set and I haven't finished what I need to get done yet how am I going to continue this path? Mm-hmm. Because that, that sun setting is obviously a wrench that's been thrown into, into my life mm-hmm. where I have to think about my life again and what am I going to do when that sun sets? And then I have to start north again. And that's how dad talked to me about life. When mom asked me, how are you going to teach values and morals to the students? I used what they taught me growing up. Did you ever tell your mom that exact thing? Did you ever say, mom, I'm going to... I'm going to use the things that you and dad taught me growing up. I did because I would do something at school and I would talk to the kids and then I'd call my mom right away and I'd say, mom, you're not going to blame what I did in class. Remember when you used to say this and she would just, oh, well, I'm glad that you think positively about that, dear. I don't know. I was just raised. I always saw our life as the Brady Bunch. and Lucky you. Well, I never thought of it that way, Ryan, ever. I thought that everybody had the same type of life. You go home, mom and dad sit and have a conversation with you. There were five kids and mom and dad treated all of us equally and we all had the conversations with dad, but dad, they treated each of us differently in the way of how they reached us. Mm -hmm. And then camping, one of the things that was the greatest thing in my life, besides finding my husband, one of the greatest things in life was going camping with my family and having the experience of after hiking, coming to build a campfire mm-hmm. and we all sing or we'd listen to dad playing the harmonica around the campfire and we'd roast marshmallows and mom and dad cared so much about us. I would like people who are listening to think about what 
their positive imprints are and to work towards that. And I know that you may not know what it is, but work towards that and look at the positive side of things and remain responsible. That's so important. So yeah. you have all these people, gosh, all these people that have been on your show that have, have I'm sure they didn't wake up one, you know, one morning when they were eight and say, yeah, well, I know. I'm going to <laughs> race the Iditarod, you know, you know, you know what I mean? So he's referring to Mary Shields, <laughs> right? Well, which was a great interview, by the way. And, thanks. Uh, thanks. And I just met somebody, you know, you and I were out in Florida and we were doing, we were there for the podcast movement. And I met so many great people, and I know some of them are listening. And one of them, I met Pat Helmers. He is a podcaster. He's a dad also. And he said his, I I asked him, you know, what's your PI? What's your positive imprint? And he said, you know, my positive imprint is being a good dad. And that's a fabulous. It's really good. That is. What my parents taught us was to be part of the community, and to be involved, citizenship. So let me go back to this compass thing for a second. Yeah. Was there any? Was there it's a north, point? south, east, and west? By the way. Oh, thank you. There's three <laughs> three hundred and sixty degrees, right? Um, the question I I have is: Was there ever a point in your life where that compass was spinning and you felt? Oh my god. And you felt lost, yes. or a formative? Was there a formative period in your life where maybe you? didn't have the Brady Bunch outlook that that you were raised with and, and it maybe helped you become a better person. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I was in, in grade school. I had a hard time with friends and it's, I mean, I admit it. I, I was different. Well, you're, I was, you're paying me to be here right now. Yeah. Aren't you funny? <laughs> so I was different growing up. I was the one that that listened to John Denver music while, and, and I listened to Kiss. Those were my, my two <laughs> totally opposite, but listen to them. And the kids in school would say, well, John Denver, they would tease me because I listened to John Denver music. And, you know, and, and some of them are listening now because we're friends and we laugh about it. Because for show and tell, I would bring in elk droppings and teach the students about, I know, I know. Oh. But I would teach. I was trying to teach the kids. This is a male. How to tell a male dropping, and this is how to te- tell the female elk dropping. But when I got older, I moved to Alaska, and I worked for wildlife management. I was in wildlife management, and and so I had a great job. My whole life, even today, my whole life is the outdoors, nature. Mm-hmm. That's where I've always been the happiest is in nature. I get to see the wildlife and I want to do things to help them. So is that your free time? Is that where the free time is spent? That and in the and in the dance studio. Oh, okay. So I love to dance because that's my way of my free expression. So So are you like um uh, a bag dancer? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> when, I th- when I think of dance and free expression, I think of you're some right. type of interpretive dance or something. You're but. right. You're right. So modern ballet, jazz, tap, ballet. But even if it's not the free-spirited dance, there's still a form of free expression in dance. And even though it's choreographed and you're following a teacher's instructional choreography, mm-hmm you still have that form to dance. Is there something you're looking forward to doing in the near future? Is there an adventure you wish to go on? Oh, like in the outdoors? My husband and I have been talking about this because I have been meeting such fabulous people on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And there's a group of people. So Bernie, Kina, and Espen. They're from Norway. And I feel like I have known them forever. And... We want to go out to Norway to just go out in the outdoors with them and spend time. That's what they do. They and they when live there. When did you their, meet them? I'm sorry, say that again. When did you meet them? I met them during this podcast, so just recently. Okay. But I feel like I've known them forever because we share so much in our conversations. We just have a great connection. And so you're going to go out to Norway. Oh, we want to. This show's getting expensive, Catherine. I, there you go. Goodness gracious. <laughs> it is. You better start a Patreon campaign or something here in the oh, future. I... <laughs> Drum up some support so you can get those plane tickets. <laughs> to go to Norway. Yeah. So, But Mike and I, we'd love to go there. But we have, 
I, I know that the Espen has asked me several times before what my favorite outdoor adventure has been. And Mike and I were dumped out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. And way up north, we took a bush plane. My husband kind of chose the place. He looked at a map and he kind of liked an area mm-hmm. where two rivers met, the uh, Naigu and Alatna. Mm-hmm. And that's where he wanted to be dropped off. And there's this little lake there. So we got dropped off. Was the Discovery Channel following you through this adventure? Oh, I wish. Because the adventure that came was phenomenal. We had taken this little hike up to this cliff because we saw these caribou antlers sticking up over the side. So we knew they were up there. And we had to climb up kind of a really steep area to get up to the top. And we get up there. Of course, they're not there. We're like, oh, man, we missed them. The caribou aren't here. And and we saw their footprints and, of course, their fresh droppings. And and you were like, that yeah, was a male don't caribou. Even, <laughs> don't even start that. <laughs> to which Mike was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you're so funny. But So we saw with the binoculars that they were way out in the distance. So we sat down and just watched them with our binoculars, hoping that maybe some others would come by. Well, we start looking off in the distance, and we see several hundred coming, and we're hoping, oh, please come this way, please come this way. And sure enough, they were coming right towards us, and I told Mike, I said, do you think we ought to leave them alone so that we don't, you know, because I was worried that we were going to hurt their migration pattern by us being there, and I was worried that I was going to cause damage to their migration. Mike said, no we're fine. They're fine. We'll be fine. Just stay here. I said, okay. He said, but let's get the cameras ready. So we get the cameras ready. And then he said, let's just lay down and just live with the moment. I said, all right. So we lay down and we're watching, you know, we have our heads turned. By gosh, those caribou surrounded us and they came up and they just, they smelled us. They did nothing but, you know, see if we were of any danger. We, we, showed no danger and they just grazed around us for all that time and we're just taking pictures we could hear their click click of their ankles which are different because they live in the tundra and they have to get through the the grasses that grow on top of each other on top of each other and on top of each other and you don't want them to break ankles and they just hung out with us and they just surrounded us it was an amazing experience yeah that sounds incredible it was it was so were you scared no I was not scared at all. That's probably why they hung out with you. Yeah, I was. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, I was. I wasn't scared. I was like I say. I was worried for the animal that we were intruding on their migratory pattern. Mm -hmm. And you you were laying there. We just laid down. Mike said, "Lay down." I don't know why Mike. I never asked Mike. Why did you say lay down? So Mike, why did you say maybe to show you weren't a threat? Maybe that's why. So at first there was this line of. They were all males, by the way. And at least from what we could tell, because the females have antlers too, but oh, from what okay. we could tell, they were all males and when the pictures... Well, from your from your perspective. Yeah, we were all... <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I mean... We were on the ground. You were doing a little undercarriage inspection there, yeah. Yeah, so they had lined up, and, kind of, and they were all in this one column, mm-hmm. staring at us at first. They all stopped. No pun intended. What did I say? The column. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) And so they were staring at us. And suddenly this one male walks forward as if he's the the dominant one or something. He walks forward. And as soon as he walked forward, he stared. And then he leaned down and started grazing. And that was like, that was it. So the other said, okay. The the pop guy Wait, did says... did they come up to, like, to your face and sniff? They didn't come up like within inches. They came within, you know, maybe six feet, five feet. Oh, and, okay. Oh, I was afraid they'd be like inches. Away. Oh, no, no. No, they didn't come up and sniff us right up. But okay. they, were, they could smell us from where they were. Sure. But they grazed right where we were and just walked around us, grazed, could care less we were there. <laughs> really cool and horrifying at the same time. I mean, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Yeah, wow. I mean, what a co- Yeah, I would like to know why Mike said lie down. Yeah, I never asked him. I just he just said, "Honey, lie down." And just 
have the camera there and be cool. They're not going to hurt you. And that was true. And we know very well that predators could be following them, but we weren't worried about the predators either because... Well, they had plenty of food. Right. And, you know, so... Yeah. That, But that was my absolute greatest adventure as an adult. And, of course, my greatest ones growing up were around the campfire, I think. And so, yeah. So outdoors is a big... That's a big deal, apparently. That yeah, Hawaii, snorkeling, the whole bit. So is that why you're, you gear yourself towards a lot of the sort of environmental things? Because of how... Because of your upbringing oh, and definitely. outdoors and... And, you know, it's funny. I, I <laughs> Oh. <laughs> just, well, it's, it's just, it's funny that, I mean, I, I'm sitting here and we're, we're in my home and, and Catherine is, is here sitting on my couch in my living room and I'm sitting across from her. <laughs> and I mean, she's got a, a carved rock turtle <laughs> necklace. She's got elephants hanging from her ears. <laughs> You know, she looks like she may have purchased her pants from India, you know, and has some sort of fancy type Birkenstock wedge heel thing going on. And you just fit so many, you just fit so many of those like environmental yeah. stereotypes, yeah. you know. So I was, I mean, there's no, clearly hearing your background now, I'm like, okay, now I, I totally get why she's so interested in the yeah. environmental issues because well that's where you spend a lot of your time where you like to spend a lot of your time is out in the environment it is i am a very positive person i look at life very differently mm-hmm. you know and and i think that's why people like the, when i'm with teachers teachers would come and chat with me and and the principal would come in my room and sit in the rocking chair and he would say i just wanted to come into a positive atmosphere and he would just sit there and, and rock in the chair and mm-hmm. no conversation. I'm just, do, you know, grading papers and he's just sitting there. So I think that's why people like to listen to the podcast because they know it is genuine. Mm-hmm. Because I am genuine and the people on it are genuine. Yeah, but I want to go to this. You said that, that turtle rock. Mm-hmm. That is, so I have to tell you about this because it actually is, um, it comes from recycled plastic the plastic comes from Malaysia. Uh, it was made by some women in Malaysia at the guidance and help of Sydney, who lives, she actually is from Australia. She's part of the Sea Monkey Project. She's 14 years old. And she wanted to do something to help the environment. She's a great positive imprint. Okay, so we're going to be shredding all of this plastic, but then what do you do with it? Mm. Because it's still plastic it is still going to be microplastic or it'll turn into microplastic what are we going to do with it so they're making bricks out of plastic out there to do some they're going to try to figure out how to do some building but she's making these turtles out of recycled plastic so i have this one it's called the rainbow warrior and it it just came i was training teachers so that's you asked me earlier if Mm -hmm. that was my full-time job as a podcaster it's not because I right now I, I I don't you know have make a lot of money at it because I I'm providing it for free mm-hmm. to the listeners, and so I my job is training teachers. I am a literacy specialist, early literacy specialist. So I specialize in training teachers to understand the research that takes place with the brain. Because the brain and literacy are so tied together. It's just like you with your brain when you're learning to walk or crawl. Your brain sends messages to your muscles as to what to do, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the brain can't send messages about how to read because reading is a man-made language. Sure. And Well, language is man-made, period. Mm -hmm. And so we have to teach literacy and we have to provide skills for the learner and we have to develop the brain so i bring the research to the teachers and we work with that which reminds me you know a lot about education i know that that pablo a fellow you introduced me to out in there he has his own podcast but pablo connections he had asked me what united states is doing right in the area of education Mm -hmm. Are we doing something right? Basically, he wants to know what we're doing right. So what I see as as uh, doing right in education nationally is that 
we're looking states anyway, we are looking more at the research. And research is so important in any studies. Research is important in science, in climate, in aerospace, anything. You have to do research. Well, you can't just, you know, the teachers can't just pick up a book and start teaching children. They have to know where to start. Mm -hmm. And so our states are really looking more at the research, the development of the brain. And I think that's a really positive, positive action to take in providing instructional improvements for teachers is so that they can take that research and understand how to teach and develop the brain in a child for early literacy. So you have a lot of experience in education and and working with children. Yes. And I hear so, you know, about your family growing up and, and all that sort of stuff. May I ask you why you don't have children? Oh, well, yeah. So it's a med- it was a medical issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike and I would have loved to have had kids, absolutely. And so Mike and I thought, you know, we have nieces and nephews. We, we remain close with, with nieces and nephews and with our siblings. And we have a good life and we have each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a fabulous life. I adore my husband. Yeah, I kind of adore Mike too. <laughs> I, I know you do. Isn't he fantastic? Yeah, I do. He is, he is, he's my shining light. I love him dearly. So, and, and my dogs. And we have one now, Maka. So does any of all that change, change your trajectory into, or maybe change your purpose? I mean, did any of all that all that um, I'm sure because I'm sure that was a disappointment knowing that you were not going to be able to to have your own kids. Did that has that changed your perspective on how you contribute to the world? Oh, absolutely not. No way, because I was a teacher for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I brought so much to those kids. I am so proud of the work that I did with the students. And I can say that because so many of the students that I had are keeping in touch with me mm. now. And they're over 18, and they're having their own kids. I had one student call me, and this was oh, a couple years ago. And he called, and he said, I just want you to know that I don't remember all the math and science and everything that you taught, but what I learned from you was to absolutely love the environment, and to take care of it. Hmm. And we did so many projects, and you brought in music. We did international, not international, we did national lobbying at the national level and at the local level. And so kids were right, were, were amazed at how the system worked and how easy it is to, you know, lose acreage to a builder mm-hmm. or how easy it is to lose a species because of how what we're doing as a human you know, species. So, and this student, Colin said he was, his wife was pregnant and that he was going to raise his child knowing how to care for the environment and to listen to uh, songs regarding the environment. So I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. Just, and I'm invited to weddings and uh, people, you know, students write to me and tell me, I remember when we did this play, this drama. Mm Mm-hmm. And it still resonates with me today in such a positive manner. So those are positive things. And I'm glad that they remember those good times. I am. I'm glad. That's great. Well, Catherine, we've we've covered a lot of of ground here. One of the strange questions that I saw come through, and I don't know that you're going to have to explain this question. Maybe we can we can end here. Because uh, we've covered a lot. I mean, there's. I'm looking at about 30 questions in front I of know. me that and were submitted by I'm, your I'm listeners. So, I was so thrilled that so many of the listeners sent questions. And I was trying to cover as many as I could. <laughs> um, the one that I don't get, maybe you can give us some background, is what is strikingly different between the U.S. and Australian culture or peoples? And I'm thinking... Catherine must know something about Australian people because I, I, as an American, we don't have a lot of interaction with people in, that far away. That oh, we, that but we as would, a podcaster, you do. But maybe you, you know something. Well, I don't know. So, oh, where'd you, uh, who, Ryan? Wh- where did that question come from? And, it actually came from Danny and Kaz. They're they're they live in Australia, obviously, okay. and I they found me. 
So I was, this is what's so fabulous about having a podcast, a global mm-hmm. podcast where you're reaching out to the global society, to the community worldwide. Yes, so I have, I have a lot of listeners everywhere and I have a lot in Australia. Thank you, Australia. They were on the show. They found me after I, I had done a, I'd launched an episode on Repair Cafe here in the United States mm-hmm. and they loved that episode and they reached out to me. And when I had them on the show regarding their positive imprint, we kind of talked a little bit about culture behind the the microphone that I just absolutely loved the culture. So now they want to know the differences. And I think that's a great question because it makes me realize how much Mike and I miss traveling worldwide. Some of the things Mike and I actually were talking about this so that we could come up with a a good answer for Kaz and Danny. One of the things that was striking in Australia, the people out in Australia and the businesses, they were not worried about lawsuits. They, because there's this person, there's this, how do I phrase it? Personal responsibility. Hmm. That is so, uh, it's just part of their society to have their own personal liability, not personal my, liability. My inner libertarian is leaning forward and listening to this person. Okay, like, yeah. well, <laughs> you'd love that because they weren't afraid of lawsuits and it was this personal, um, their personal responsibility. And they took it seriously. Me- to, meaning? So let me give you examples. Yeah. The petting zoo. The zoos wanted people to get connected with the animals and know what they felt like. What kind of emotional connection can you make with a wombat or an emu that you're out touching and petting or a kangaroo? I've always wanted to know the answer to that question. Well, you you would. I would. If I saw a wombat, I'd be like, I want to touch that wombat. Yes. And it's this connection. And so the zoos, the petting zoos, they're so prominent out there because they want people to be able to preserve and protect the animals knowing that they touched them, knowing that they fed this animal. So they allow people to feed the animals, to go and pet them, to touch them. And they're not worried about the liability because there's that, again, that I'm going in at my own risk. I want to have this connection. And Mike and I so really... So there's just a lot less lawyers in uh, <laughs> I in don't Australia. know anything about that. <laughs> because we know uh, who wins at the end of the day. Yeah, you know? yeah right. So, so the yeah. wombat doesn't have a disclaimer stamped on the side of it saying, pet at your own risk? So we went into this one petting zoo, and Mike had put his food in his pocket. Well, there's a terrible idea. It was. Yeah. Because as soon as he walked in, the emu were all over his pocket, and they were pecking in his pocket. And so Mike's laughing hysterically, thinking, oh, my gosh, so he's, he's taking it out so his, his shirt doesn't tear. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these are animals, and, you know, I, I want to preserve species. Sure. There's this other thing in Australia. No means no. Oh, amazing. Yes. Let me give you the example. We went over to Phillip Island, and where we wanted to see the fairy penguins. And there were the tourists. Who, oh, okay, hang on. Can you please explain to me what a fairy penguin is? Because I'm thinking about, there's like a tutu, <laughs> that there's like a little, a little they do, they... wand and maybe well, a tiara. A, so instead of a, a tutu, it's a black and white tuxedo. Okay. Isn't that every penguin? <laughs> Almost. They're kind of brownish. They're not exactly black and white. They're brownish. Okay. But people who are there to connect again with this lifehood this well the how a penguin survives mm-hmm. and one of the absolute no-nos was to use flash because the penguins listeners might have been hearing thomas in the background mm-hmm. that's that's your newborn baby that is. and one of these days maybe you'll take thomas to to uh, philip island and go see the very penguins where they come up from the ocean, and they, in the middle of the night, well, not, well, when it's dark, and they waddle, it's so cute when they waddle, it is so cute when they waddle, waddle to their little uh, nesting grounds, Mm -hmm. and tourists are not to take flashes because it hurts the animal, and it can be detrimental. Oh, sure. You don't take flash, so though no means no. Yeah, it's not a suggestion. Right. Yeah, it's a... You know, I'm sorry, but please put the cameras away. No, no means no. They took the cameras away from the tourists, the park rangers. Like literally took them? Yes. 
they went down there and they removed the camera and Love they it. and they said you may enjoy the fairy penguins without the camera no means no period and mike and i loved that sure because we didn't want that animal to get hurt or to you know to end up dying mm-hmm. because they couldn't find their their home their habitat because the flash blinded them it, they have hard and fast rules that they follow we thought they did but Kaz and Danny, whom asked the question, they might see it differently. Uh-huh. But we saw it as, you know, no means no. And at the National Park, so you you're not going to... think we gonna... live too much in the gray, in the gray here yes, in the U.S.? Yes, sometimes I do because we don't, we don't want to lose customers. We don't want to be sued. We don't want the customer to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. But don't we lose our identity then? You know what I mean? Like I think so. It, it, there's a great quote that says, um, if you try to please everyone, you'll please no one. Right, right. Right. And so clearly, clearly the only the only things that these rangers here on this island had to take take care of and keep on their side, right, were these penguins. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, if you, and if you were on the side of the penguins, then you were on the other side, you know, and, and you camera, were yeah. potentially doing a detriment to them. If you think about the U.S. versus... Australia or, who, who, or wherever, it seems like we do spend a lot of time try, trying to please everyone. And I think you're, we're seeing maybe in the political landscape here in the United States that people are rushing to one side or the other because they're maybe they're trying maybe they've lost their identity and they're trying to find it again or but something. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's. I think when you're talking about that, Mm -hmm. I think that people are too quick to not look at the issues at hand. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is getting lost. Like they're blindly following whatever the mainstream thing is. And that they're not looking at... Because it's not about one issue. It's not about two issues. Mm -hmm. It's about a lot of different issues. And they're mismatched, you know, amongst gibberish mm-hmm. and whatnot in the political world mm-hmm. so i think each person each individual needs to look at the ind- at the issues carefully and not just be one-sided you seem like you look at the issues and the people that especially the issues that are important to the people that you bring on your show i think you look at them in a very like reasonable manner you know i hope so i like to think that yeah as i because you, yeah, I, you just seem like a very reasonable, pretty down to earth, maybe not super impulsive. I'm definitely not that. <laughs> you know, like calm person, and I think that's maybe what your audience can can really um, really begin to appreciate about about your show and you as an individual. And I think they can come to your positive imprint and and focus on the good that people are doing in the world and and how they are not just leaving a legacy but they're making the world a better place while they're here and and hopefully and i think yeah. you know and that brings me to something that mike and i were talking about in australia mm-hmm. you're going to find this so interesting so the grocery stores the markets out there in australia we didn't find the gossipy tabloids everywhere mm-hmm. that we find in united states and we also didn't find the it just was it just didn't seem like a gossipy place mm-hmm. the way some of it is here with regard to the celebrities which i have a hard time with yeah who cares uh, that's that's how i feel it's, they're a person <laughs> that's right. right what i'm more interested in is okay the celebrity they have a job and their job is to entertain us as an actress on a movie mm-hmm. or an actor in a tv show but beyond that as a public figure their job is to also provide a way for people to look at citizenship as what am I going to do to make the world a better place? And they have to be an inspiring person. No, it's true. It's true. We're, and we're so obsessed. We're so obsessed in this, in this country with watching trains crash. You know what I mean? You know, what mm-hmm. literally, literally and figuratively we're watching people's people's lives spiral down the drain because of, poor choices they may have made and and that kind of thing and we're like we're obsessed with 
We're obsessed with so much negative junk. Yeah, and I'm not saying Australia is not. I'm saying that that's the observation we made. It's just something we noticed. So when it comes to Australia anyway, because that was the question, Mm -hmm. they... Those are the positive things. Now, she asked, or Danny and Kaz also asked about the similarities. So a couple of the similarities that maybe aren't as positive are is the background, the history. Our people have a history with the native peoples here in the United States, mm-hmm. especially in New Mexico. New Mexico is rich with a background in Native American history. And then the Europeans coming over. And that's the same with Australia. There's mm-hmm. a rich history with the Aboriginals and, and the Maori. Mm-hmm. And the treatment of them through the centuries, I think, has not been one of equality. And that's been in both countries, both Australia mm-hmm. and the United States. So that is what we also saw. But we also saw the similarities where they're able to practice their culture. And they have, you know, the Chapakai have a fabulous, fabulous cultural center out there, just as we do here with our Native Americans. We have cultural centers. And I think that having that culture is so important to keep fresh and alive and the traditions. Mm -hmm. And it's a positive imprint in its own for governments to look at and say, hey, the governments have brought the ability through laws and laws and policies to keep the culture. And I think that's important that we have that in both of our countries. Kaz and Danny have asked the question. and I, It was a deep thought. It, it was one that all of these questions. And there was one on, on, on books. And I'm looking at one of these books, The Moment of Lift by Melinda Gates, that I just started reading. And my Scientific America magazine, my Scientific American. But then I'm really inspired by a book called it's a, it's a because I've taught third grade and did mi- and did student council middle school, which in the United States those are ages eight to fourteen. Uh, there's a book, young adult, was called Spirit Bear, and I used to always call the polar bear the spirit bear, just because he he was white, and I just you know, saw that as white. So that book is very inspirational in how I really, really want to see the world, how I want to view the world. And what it is, it's a clinket elder who's trying to bring this 15-year-old, I think he was 15, he might have been 12, I don't remember the age, child who was bullying, but he caused pain physical pain to another human being and he was so the judge instead of sending this child to the detention home is it called detention home even what is it called the the juvenile home mm-hmm. instead of sending him to the juvenile home he sent him to a clinket in Alaska where he would learn the ways of the clinket and learn how life works based on the environment based on the animals, the wildlife, the moon, the stars, seeing life for what it is and what is being given to us as a human being. I mean, and I just thought that was a great example of how we can go out into the world and learn what life is about from culture, from the arts, from the animals. And anyway, that's, yeah. So and that that's that was an inspirational book for me. It inspired me a lot and it made me do a dance. It makes me do a dance when I'm out in the wild with my husband and we're out hiking. We will you know, honey, I just want to do a dance because we just saw these caribou. They're gone now. Now I just want to get up. I want to do a dance because I'm thankful. And, and I I know that that sounds weird to some people to just get up and but that's how I feel. That's why you express yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when you go hiking with me and we see something, it's going to be, Ryan, we're going to dance now. <laughs> I will get down as best as I possibly can. There you go. I might have two left hips, but that's okay. <laughs> well, that's great, Catherine. Thanks for sharing all this today. Ryan, how do you want to end this? 
Well, I just think uh, I just think it's we should thank the listeners for for being here and and listening to your story. Well, I want to thank the following people for providing the inspiration for this episode. Daryl Carnley of My360 Project. Pablo Gonzalez, founder at Connect with Pablo. Mended Australia with Karen and Danny Down Under. Victoria Sanchez, my mom. Tundra Tours of Norway, Bernie O'Sullivan. Pat Helmers from the podcast, Sales Babble Podcast. Norwegian couple, Espen Lisa and Kina. Brian Clarkson, co-owner of an art gallery in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Marcos Mendonca, an author of a book and a world traveler. Martin of Czech Republic. And thank you to all of the listeners who wrote to me just to say that you love the show, but you don't have any questions. And one last one. This person said, I love listening to all of the episodes, but I especially like the environmental episodes. Can you keep doing those? Well, that is guaranteed. Well, thank you so much for listening to Your Positive Imprint Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Your Positive Imprint. Music for this podcast is by Chris Knoll. Visit Chris at chrisknoll.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E.com. Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at What's Your PI. Visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, and sign up for email updates. Listen to my episodes. You can also listen to the episodes from iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, any podcast platform that is your favorite. Thank you again for listening to Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI?